Blog Talk Radio. Welcome aboard. My name's Tom Marquis, El Presidente. It is Saturday morning. We do this thing called The Balance every Saturday morning. Welcome aboard to you uh, today. And we've got a great show lined up uh, just right around the, the corner. Adam Jevedin standing by in the Balance Green Room. We'll start off with him. Super Browns fan, Buckeye fan, Guardians, and Super, Super Cavs fan, our official college football co-pilot, and all-around good Good egg. <laughs> Good guy. Uh, college football is back, and I love it. We're, gonna, we're actually going to break down some real-life games. Uh, fantasy football is back. Our fantasy football draft uh, for the balance is tomorrow. I've already had one fantasy football draft, so Adam's going to help us break that down as well. And then I'm going to be uh, doing the solo act uh, at, uh, at 10 o'clock or so. Uh, we'll be talking – uh, some uh, Steve Wilson is going to be in the middle of a presser out at Darlington uh, where the NASCAR rolls into this weekend. Um, and uh, so, and we had a great race, IndyCar race out at, at uh, Gateway in St. Louis last week. So we'll break that down. And Kraft also joins us today uh, ahead of the NFL season opener and help us break down what's happening in the NFL. I'm telling you what, the gridiron, the gridiron gang is back. We'll be right back. It's about to get good. Stick around. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4-on-4 with a barbershop quartet. 
bum 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 Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got it's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. I know that song, kind of. 
I think uh, that's ever the only one I know. Karaoke bar. If you've ever been to a karaoke bar, you must surely have heard that song. I had a chance to see him out at, uh, well, I will always forever call it Beer Creek, but it is now called uh, Rua, uh, several years ago, out on the lawn. That was a party. That was a lot of fun. But, uh, you know, hey, I'm I'm at that age, but I'm not quite the parrot head age. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't have the parrot hat, head hats and wear the lays all the time. And But he brought what we call beach rock uh, to, to the forefront. So, you know, he certainly is a legend. Certainly know who Jimmy Buffett is, anyway, right? Please tell oh, me. Oh yeah, story. absolutely. <laughs> and, I, and I've eaten, and I've been to one of his. I've been to one of the Margaritaville restaurants. I didn't get a margarita, but I've been there. <laughs> well, they used to have his his restaurant here in town in uh, Cheeseburger yeah, Paradise. Yeah, on like the. Yep, yep. Southport Road. Yep, yep. And uh, it's not there anymore. I don't even know if the chain is in existence anymore, but. Nonetheless, Jimmy Buffett, uh, may you rest in peace, and he's up in heaven, I guess, or hope, uh, singing Margaritaville, and everybody's having margaritas in heaven today, I guess. We'll see. Uh, so, well, let's get uh, – we've got our fantasy football draft tomorrow. Uh, I know you are in our uh, fantasy football league, and you are a uh, former champion, maybe a repeat champion I'm, this year. We were, I'm a multi-time champion. I would like to you point are out – I basically either side. win the league or or my whole team gets <laughs> injured and I finish like second to last. That's how it works. Yeah, I guess you. Well, we have our draft tomorrow. I'm not asking you to, to show all your cards, but let's just talk a little bit about some strategy and then we'll get into some fantasy, a little bit of fantasy talk. But I want to spend a lot of t- lot of time today uh, breaking down college football as college football starts sure. this week. And there's some games that I have on tap here that I want to go through and uh, get your thoughts on. Win, loss, spread, that sort of stuff. Well, let's start with the strategy. The draft is tomorrow. Uh, a lot of people have already had the draft. I've already had one draft. And let's talk about your strategy when you're – it doesn't always fall this way. It doesn't always – for me, my strategy doesn't always fall in line with the way that I want it to fall. But let's – and I'll, and I'll kind of use my um, my league that I've already drafted, and maybe you can help me get a grade on and get an understanding. So we'll just use that as the example league today at 12 team PPR PBR uh, some t- some leagues may have a little bit more than 12 but ideally you want to keep it around 12 I think actually the balance is around 14 I'll have to double check that but we're maxed out uh, so uh, uh, Adam what's your strategy when you're uh, planning for your draft I, I, I think the strategy for fantasy football like has shifted over the years where you would always go running back first and then and then it would be typically maybe a quarterback. In some cases, you would go running back first two, um, and then like a high-end wide receiver, and then save the quarterbacks. And that's now completely shifted. Um, two wide receivers are going to compose the bulk of the of the first round. There's a few receivers that that are incredibly highly rated based off of their performances last year that I'm looking at this year. And, um, I mean, if you get one at, say, six, that's a good – that's a solid value pick. A, a good example of that is Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson is going first in a lot of drafts. Um, I had Justin Jefferson last year. He helped me win the league. Um, I would be scared to use Justin Jefferson this year. I think the Vikings are going to be um, struggling this year. I actually in, – in looking at my – it, 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 my kind of divisional breakdowns, I think they're headed for a deep drop. 
I actually have the Vikings finishing last in the A or in the NFC North. Um, their defense is a disaster. It was a disaster last year. Um, I don't expect rookie Jordan Addison to kind of just pick back up where Adam Thielen left him. Um, TJ Hawkinson is a good, is a good, uh, very good tight end. I don't know how Alexander Madison is going to do from a running back perspective, which puts all of the emphasis on the entire defense on Justin Jefferson. And, and I just don't know. I, I still think he'll have a good year. Will he be first pick in the fantasy draft good year? Probably not. Um, Christian McCaffrey is another one that I wouldn't draft personally. Um, again, unless he's available at like 12. Um, because Christian McCaffrey, while he's very good in this dynamic San Francisco offense, like we have not seen Christian McCaffrey stay healthy for extended chunks of time like he did last year in four years. Um, I, I anticipate him to have a heavy workload within the San Francisco offense. I don't think Brock Purdy is going to have a, a second year similar to his first. I think teams started to pick up on his tendencies, like he refuses to throw right, for example. And I just think San Francisco players right now, from an offensive perspective, I wouldn't draft any of them because they're such – a an up and down one week you might have 14 points one week you might have two but i don't know that christian mccaffrey can stay healthy um so yeah, i think yeah. that's where you have to really look into it with these high-end picks when on deeper leagues is mm-hmm. you have to factor in a player's health that they have shown over the course of their career i absolutely totally 100 percent agree with you now, I was lucky enough, and this will be the first time I've had this luck in a long time. I was lucky to have the number two pick uh, in in our draft at work, and I was kept that pretty well chalked. Now, you mentioned the uh, wide receivers, and Justin Jefferson did go one in our, our league as well. Jamar Chase is who I picked in, the, in number two. And then we had uh, Tyreek Hill, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Elkert, and what really surprised me, number six, where I maybe not, and maybe it's not big of a surprise, maybe it's just the position that shocks me, uh, that went uh, six overall for, in the first round was Travis Kelsey, Derrick Henry, Cooper, uh, Cooper Coop, which we don't know about. Now, there's a, uh, if I would have drafted him in the first round, I would have been having some second thoughts. Devontae Adams. Bijan Robinson, Stefan Diggs, and Nick Chubb run out to the top 12 in our in our league that we and pretty much everybody did kind of go chalk. I'll have to admit that there was some strategy as we go on. But uh, Travis Kelsey going in the first round, number six uh, overall, what are your thoughts? Uh, it's where Travis Kelsey should be going. Um, Travis Kelsey outperforms the majority of wide receiver ones. Um, he essentially is the de facto number one, and he's a really good number one. If you, again, remember the championship-winning team of last season, Adam had both Justin Jefferson, the number one wide receiver, and Travis Kelsey, the number <laughs> one tight end. Um, so, you know, and, and what it did is it allowed me to, to dip into the pool of running backs and um, quarterbacks a little bit later last year admittedly, I got Geno Smith and Kenneth Walker from the the, the unclaimed draft wire. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's one of those things that 
it, it, Travis Kelsey is the only tight end you even want to sniff the front the first round. Like mm-hmm. nobody, no other receiver or tight end is probably draftable until probably around four or five at the at the earliest. Um, again, depending on the depth of the league, uh, I I, th- I just think I think you have Kelsey, and then you have a big stack of guys that all put up very similar production. One might pop one week, another's going to pop another week. And that's what that, that's really how the tight end position is. You either get Travis Kelsey, who's a Ferrari, or everybody else is a freaking like Toyota Corolla. Like it's just there's a there's a chasm with the with with the tight end position that doesn't exist anywhere else. Like the difference between number one and number two is the Grand Canyon. Absolutely. Well, let's, uh, you know, another strategy is people use the quarterback strategy. I'm a firm believer that quarterbacks will be there. Uh, and I know you want to grab that in, in this particular time of era. You want to grab that Patrick uh, Mahomes. You want to grab Josh Allen. You want to grab Jalen Hurts. You're like, oh, I got, I got to have them in, in my league, especially, you know, you know, and the, and the quarterbacks that I ended up, uh, that I ended up having, which I'm, I, 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 I'm excited about Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, I like him. I've also got Joe Mixon. So, I mean, even though Joe Mixon plays for Cincinnati, those are two ones that I was glad that I was able to pick up. Trevor Lawrence was my, my uh, quarterback, and then I picked up Tua as well. But a lot of – but I wait till later on to draft quarterbacks. What are your thoughts? You're like, it's round three. You're like, it's in the snake draft, and like, i got to get me Patrick Mahomes. I've got to be that guy that has Patrick Mahomes, and you snag him – in your in your in your third pick, I'm using that as an example. But let's just say early in the draft because you want that coveted quarterback. Is that a very good strategy, or is that a, a strategy at all? That's a that's a that's a losing strategy. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. Patrick Mahomes. Now, now now again, if you're if you're going to overdraft a quarterback, I don't believe in overdrafting quarterbacks in the NFL draft. I don't believe in overdrafting quarterbacks in the fantasy draft. Um, if you're talking round four and all quarterbacks are on the board and you've already got, let's just say, two receivers and a running back, take your quarterback. Like, take a guy – there is a difference between, let's just say, Patrick Mahomes or Jalen Hurts and drop down to, like, QB, like, nine or ten, a Daniel Jones, a Trevor Lawrence. There is a difference. But, again, if you're taking a quarterback over – let's just say a number, a second receiver, because once you get through every team's, not even every team, once you get through kind of the top 20 receivers, again, there's a pretty substantial fall off. Like not to pick on the Colts, but there's a pretty, especially this year with Anthony Richardson, who like mm-hmm. we have demonstrated in preseason, like I don't know that the dude is going to throw for 55% completion on the season, which is like – kind of the minimum benchmark to be a, uh, an NFL quarterback. <laughs> it's just, he's just not accurate yet. But Michael Pittman is unquestionable the Colts' number one receiver. Are you going to want him anywhere near your top two draft slots or your, your top two wide receiver spots? No. So, but, but there's a so, difference hey, between are... him as the number one receiver and let's just say my team and Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper finished, I think, fifth in wide receiver points for fantasy last year. There's a difference between Mike, uh, uh, Michael Pittman 
and Amari Cooper that if you draft a quarterback too early, that's what you might be left with. Let me ask you this real quickly. I want to get into some college football. We're going to have to cut the fantasy football huddle short a little bit today. Uh, but I do want to get your thoughts. And my thought is stay as far away from the Colts overall for the most part. Maybe Pittman. Maybe, you know, I would stay away from Richardson. I would stay away from that entire organization this year because they're in a total rebuild year. But you know they're ex- – exp- and it happened in our league. Uh, and the, the girl – one of the girls she couldn't make the draft, and she – did rank her players, I guess, but in the auto pick, it picked Jonathan Taylor. Now she's got it. She's trying to get rid of him. And I think that maybe week four, we'll see how that plays. I put my homework card on. I honestly think that he will not be a Colt. He'll never play another Colts game. And I, I, we can get into this conversation with Ed a little bit later. But for fantasy football perspectives, does it really matter what uniform Jonathan Taylor go it is if he's going to be playing but just keep in mind that if you draft him maybe draft him mid to late uh but yeah. keep in mind you're not going to have any action out of him before you know that it, what he's going to be and what he's not going to be is four to six weeks i say completely stay away from jonathan taylor if he comes available later on in the season when he plays on the waiver pick him up then or at least try to make a trade for him at that point but drafting him i think is a bad idea what are your thoughts yeah, I, I think if you've, if you've got a, a situation where, let's just say you get your top two receivers, you've got your top two running backs, uh, quarterback. So you're we're looking at like, like round seven or eight. If you're looking at, okay, hey, I could take a third receiver maybe or third running back type situation, take Jonathan Taylor, even second running back. Because the difference between the second running back, you might be looking at like, at that point with a lot of leagues, you're looking at guys that are in running back by committee. Take Jonathan Taylor. I, I know that there's about four landing spots for Jonathan Taylor that are likely, if you just look at, like, the league landscape. Um, I'm looking at, like, Green Bay, Chicago, Washington, and Miami as the most likely landing spots just based off of, like, need, the way the team plays, the assets that they have available. I personally hope he lands in Chicago. I'd love to see Jonathan Taylor and Justin Fields. That would scare them absolute crap out of every defensive coordinator. Uh, that would be fantastic. Justin Field um, is going to have a is going to have a massive year. If you're a fantasy owner, certainly I would be targeting Justin Fields for sure. Real quickly, go ahead. Bro, I, I, I I think I think Taylor's going to land in a good spot. Do I think he's going to ever play a Colts down again? I don't because for whatever reason, old senile Jim Irsay is now completely running the show, and that's very obvious because he's doing more press conferences than anybody else. Yep. And, and, and I, I think he has now made this personal. I don't know why, but he has, and they're telling him, we don't want to pay you X, but what they're asking for in return is essentially what he is getting, what he's asking for. So, like, details came out this week that the Dolphins, um, in the Dolphins negotiations with the Colts for Jonathan Taylor, the Colts were asking for Jalen Waddell, who is a receiver that's going to get paid probably about $18 million. So you don't want to take that $18 million and give it to Jonathan Taylor, but you think that's what he's worth. And that's really where he's frustrated is he's saying, you're telling me I'm not worth that, but then you're telling other teams – I am worth that. Yeah. And that's, that's the rub. 
And 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 that's what I think. I think Matt Ryan last year was a command by Ursay to go get him. I think if you were going to stick with a veteran quarterback, the one that made the most sense and they could have paid more than New Orleans again was Derek Carr. If you were going to go that route, but Matt Ryan was wanted by Ursay, and so now they're stuck on the hook paying Matt Ryan eighteen million dollars this year, even though he's never going to sit up for him because Ursay has now decided that his decisions are what are important. Um, To go back to your previous question about the Colts, would you avoid any Colts? If I'm going to be honest, if you can have a solid, stable quarterback as your number one option, I'm thinking like not a superstar quarterback, but somebody maybe in the middle, a a Kirk Cousins. If you have Trevor Lawrence, because Trevor Lawrence is going to have some down games. If you have, like, a Deshaun Watson, who we really aren't sure still, like, how is he going to rebound? I, as a Browns fan, think he'll rebound really well, but we don't know. Um, you have maybe a Teddy Pickett, like a low, like a, like a, a riskier pick. Anthony Richardson isn't a bad fantasy play late in your draft. If you need a backup, mm-hmm. I would take Anthony Richardson over. I would take, for example, Daniel Jones, because Daniel Jones yeah. is more of a known commodity, but he's known to get you 12 points. Anthony Richardson is going to pick up a ton of rushing yards, especially without Jonathan Taylor there. I don't think Richardson's going to be a bad selection. Just do not overdraft him. Um, but I think he is – I think he's a better – he's a much better fantasy option than he will be um, winning option for the Colts. I mean, realistically, I told you this. I think, I think the best-case scenario for the Colts is that they're bad enough to draft Marvin Harrison Jr. in the first round next year. Um, <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? But, but I, I think Richardson's a solid – he's a solid um, gamble play, which you take gamble plays late in your draft. Yeah. Let's move on. To, let's move on to some college football, as we got a lot on the docket today. I want to start. Obviously, clearly, I want to start. Uh, and you know, I'm also doing this thing uh, with the guys at work, where we are uh, going through a series of uh, well, the fantasy pick and uh, college pick on ESPN. It, it just so happens, by quinky dink, uh, that one of the games we are looking at, or that we needed to pick one way or the other, is you, you're, you're doing against the spread. So the spread is 27 and a half. Uh, in favor of Ohio State, or if you wanted to say that Indiana would win by 27 and a half, what have you. But either which way, the spread is 47 and a half. I've got I I typically never bet on IU games, but this is a, a different type of scenario, so I had to pick one or the other. Obviously, I don't feel good about Indiana winning this game at all. Uh, they are at home. That's exciting, uh, but I I I mean, first game out of the season, Tom Allen's on the hot seat. Ohio State is Ohio State. Give me a breakdown and a preview of today's game at 3.30. I'm sure you'll be watching or taping one way or the other. Uh, but Ohio State Buckeyes, Indiana Hoosiers, the spread is 27 and a half. What say you, sir? 20, so two seven and a half, correct? Two seven dot five. yes. I'm, I'm taking I'm, – I'm taking give me Ohio State, like, covering the spread. I think – I think Ohio State is going to, and here's why, Tom. A big reason is this year or this week, Kyle McCord was named as the starter. But they also want to see what they have with Devin Brown. So even if Ohio State goes up, 
when they would normally like pull starters and put bench guys in, that bench guy, Devin Brown, is going to want to show out and show everybody who he is. So even let's just say they pull Marvin Harrison, let's just say Ohio State's up something like a 31 to 7 in the third quarter, and they go to their backup quarterback, they also want to see what he has. So they're going to let him sling it around. And once you roll Marvin Harrison Jr., maybe 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 Marvin takes a seat, maybe Emeka Agbuka, who is largely considered the second-best receiver in college football by everyone. Um, let's just say he takes a seat. You still have Julian Fleming, who is a senior that was the number one receiver in his class that just hasn't been able to stay healthy. You have true freshman Carnell Tate that's just – ripping it up in in the preseason his mother was actually shot and killed in a um, oh, wow. drive-by incident in, in yeah like like a month ago um and he is dedicating and and the wide receiver room is dedicating the entire season to carnell tate's mom um you have depth at tight end the running back room is stacked travion henderson is back healthy if we remember his freshman season where he ran for 1,100 yards, we know he's good enough. Evan Pryor is back. Myron Williams is back. Dallin Hayden is back. The whole running back room is, is there and, and is healthy and ready to go. I think when you would normally see them call off the dogs, I don't think that's going to happen because they have to be able to analyze what they have because there's a chance, like everything that we heard in Columbus is, the McCord-Devin Brown debate was neck and neck all season or all off season. So they have to see because you've got in four weeks the game against Notre Dame coming, and you've got to know you have the best player under center possible, and the only way to do that is to get him live game reps. So I think Devin Brown is going to come out firing once they make the transition from Kyle McCord or however they handle that. And I think they're just going to use all of this to evaluate, which could mean a very, very long game for the Indiana Hoosiers. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could disagree with you, but I don't disagree with you. Uh, let's let's move on. I, of course, the, the next uh, favorite game we're going to be watching here at our house, although we gotta be, we're going to be moving around and doing some, we've got a lot of errands to run this afternoon, so we probably won't be able to watch it. But our Tennessee Vols in Virginia, Tennessee, is that it's in Nashville at Tennessee. Uh, obviously, that's not their home court, but that's where they're playing at today. Number 12 Tennessee Volunteers start the season at. I, I, I still got to roll with the Vols. Uh, the spread's 28 and a half. I, I'm, I'm uh, going with the Tennessee to cover the spread of 28 and a half. What are your thoughts? Tennessee Vols, baby. This one, this one's a little bit interesting. Tennessee's losing a lot of offensive firepower. They obviously lost Hendon Hooker. He went to the Detroit Lions. Jalen Hyatt, I don't remember where he ended up. Um, I'd have to double check, but he was drafted as well. Um, and then, and then you also have, you know, they lost Hendrick Tillman, who was hurt about halfway through the year, but he was a huge part of of their ascendancy um, last year. He was healthy again at the end of the season, and he was drafted by none other than and my Cleveland Browns, uh, so he would just traded his one shade of orange in for another shade of orange. Um, I think Tennessee in that offense is going to be in good shape, especially later into the season. Are they going to be firing on all cylinders in week one? 
I don't know. I don't think so. I think it might take them um, a good quarter and a half, maybe the first half, to get the things really moving to the point that it's going to be hard unless Virginia is completely inept on offense, which, I mean, this particular offseason, there has been so much um, change in college football in terms of, of everything going on. Admittedly, I haven't had an opportunity to tune in. I don't do a ton of offseason prep work on non-Big Ten teams or not ranked Big Ten teams at least. Um, I don't think Virginia historically is like absolutely – like they're not like Eastern Michigan. Um, but I think 28 and a half, that's a, that's a big spread for Tennessee to try to cover in week one when you're talking about replacing that volume of players and playmakers. So I would tend to look at the under a little bit, but I still think Tennessee wins comfortably. Going to be a good win. I mean, the, the thing about it is, in order for me to do to do, to do what I need to do, one, yay, Tennessee, uh, but they must they, they got to win by at least 20. I think that, that that's very well possible. Uh, let's go on to the next game, and we've got prime time videos back in the back in the spotlight. Colorado, Deion Sanders, the Cowboys, and I don't know if you were on when we were talking about this, uh, but uh, I think we were talking about it with Ed, or maybe we were talking about. I don't know if we were talking about it with you, but uh, there was a fight, a little scrimmage going on in the field, and and two guys walked away, and he goes. What are you doing walking away? When one fights, we all fight. You know, and I always just see this being a, like, okay, uh, there's going to be a little scrimmage. You know, let's just use TCU today out on the field, and everybody clears out <laughs> on the sideline of Colorado. Uh, but the spread is 20 and a half, obviously. And, and I think I think that uh, uh, Colorado will cover that. Uh, uh I like TCU, but Colorado, if you look at the last five games, really wasn't much to look at at all. But they now have Deion Sanders at the helm. And I, 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 how much does his experience and his notoriety and his fame uh, translate to the college football uh, field with the, with the Buffaloes? I'm not sure. Uh, uh, but we got the spread at 20 and a half. What are your thoughts? Uh, Colorado, the way I've got I've got to pick Colorado. They either got to win, tie, or lose by no more than 20 points is what I've got. What, you think I should change that or keep it against TCU? Okay, so is, is TCU favored or is Colorado favored? Uh, plus 20.5 for Colorado, minus 20.5 for TCU. So TCU would be favored in this. I would okay, TCU is favored. Okay, I would take the under. I don't think Colorado is going to win the game. Um, Colorado has a ton of transfers. Um, they were very active in the transfer portal with because several. Oh, absolutely. He brought a bunch of players with him from where he was previously, um, and their roster last year was freaking terrible. So, yes. Um, I, I don't think TCU is going to be what they were last year. If you remember our kickoff show last year, I said TCU is a sneaky good pick to win the Big 12. I didn't know if they could go to the college football playoff, but I was like, they are a sneaky good pick to win the Big 12, and man, was I right. Um, but I don't see that this year. You know, they lost Max Duggan. They lost Quentin Johnson. They still have depth at running back, 
But I think now it's a little bit different when you've had that kind of big year to do it again is hard. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and you, you go from being kind of the, uh, the, 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 the favorite, but you know, the media darling favorite to now you're the hunted and everybody is gunning for you. And that's a hard transition. Uh, we saw it out of Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati um, had that great undefeated season. And then the next year, like they had with mostly the entire, most of the entire team back had some rough games. Um, even with Desmond Ritter under the helm still, they still had Charles Gardner at that point. They just, they went from being, oh, hey, it's just another game to they get everybody's best game. And that's a hard thing for teams to go through. Usually they kind of take a small step back before they can take another step forward. Sonny Dykes, I think, is a tremendous coach, especially offensively, um, and he'll do some really great things with TCU. I think TCU covers, or excuse me, TCU wins but does not cover. Let's talk a little bit. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Boise State Broncos and Washington Huskies. The spread there is fourteen and a half. Uh, I went ahead and and uh, picked uh, the, the Washington Huskies uh, to to cover that spread at fourteen and a half. What are your thoughts, uh, the Washington Huskies and the Boise State Broncos? Um, you know, I I think Washington is um. They're good. They're very good. They're currently ranked 10th. Um, they have a, a quarterback that is should be uh, very familiar to IU fans um, as a as a former um, IU quarterback. That I don't I don't know what happened. Why he didn't stay? Why Tom Allen couldn't keep him? That was weird. Um, but you know, he, he finished like Heisman trophy levels, um, last year. And I apologize. I'm spacing on his name right now. Um, Tom, help me out. Are you guy? I'm, I'm um, sitting spacing it myself. So the quarterback from out But right, I think, yeah, I think, I think, I think Washington is, is going to cover Michael Penix. There it is. There um, it is. You're right. Yeah. Michael, I think, I think Michael Penix is like, He's got a good shot at being in New York for the Heisman Trophy presentation. Do I think he's going to win? Probably not. But I think he's going to put up numbers that are going to um, justify him potentially being there. Um, I think Washington is staring at a really great season. And I know, I know I, as well as a lot of people here in the Midwest, We'll be paying a lot more attention to Washington, to Oregon, to USC, and UCLA <laughs> this year before they transition to the Big Ten next year and see, like, who we got coming in. But you, you've, got, you've got four programs that I am very excited about. And I think, I think Washington Boise, – Boise has kind of returned to their status of, like, one of the best mid-majors. But, but I think Washington – Washington has a legitimate shot at getting to the, to the playoffs uh, this year. And and if not the playoff, then a potential Rose Bowl in what could be the last Big Ten, Pac-10 Rose Bowl because the Pac-10 is essentially gone with um, with Stanford um, and who was the other one? Uh, Cal? Who went, who went to the ACC yesterday? Stanford, yeah, Stanford, Cal, and SMU, which SMU doesn't make any sense. But 
Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, I think that's a that's a Washington is a that the Pac-10 between Washington, Oregon, Utah, and USC guys stay up for those games because they are going to be fireworks. You've got really solid teams, and and I'm, again, I'm excited to see what they can add to the Big Ten next year. Let's talk about a little bit about Purdue. Obviously, Big Ten, uh, we're a Big Ten country. A lot of people like Purdue, especially around here, but Purdue's a good team. Play Fresno uh, certainly would think that it would be a uh, – the, the spread on that, I'm really not sure right here off the top of my head what the spread is. Uh, but here's here's a nice little parlay. You tell me what you think about this. Purdue to win versus Fresno State. Delvin McKelney to score a touchdown with Purdue. He plays with Purdue. And Indiana plus mm-hmm. 28 and a half over Ohio State. Parlay there. I I wouldn't take IU. I'm telling you, I Ohio State's going to drop spread, like. Huh? No, I think Ohio State's going to drop like 49 to 50 to tonight today. And, well, I, and I don't think IU is going to I don't think Ohio State's going to score 28, or IU's going to score 28. Uh, I'm, I'm, well, just, I'm just telling you, I, I think I Ohio State's going to look at today as a uh, Ohio State's going to look at today as a statement Saturday. Um, we've got to well, we got to show our best because we've got two weeks. Well, I don't disagree. With of yeah, prep games before Notre Dame. And yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. Uh, but. Anyway, I just threw the five dollar on there on the parlay. Hey, if it if it works, five dollars for the parlay for uh kid to win to get a touchdown and for Purdue to win over Fresno. There you go, twenty seven bucks in my account, sir. Hey, you know I've been doing all right on betting here recently. Mostly I do uh mostly I do uh racing, but now the college football's back gonna be doing a little bit on college football. I made a deposit in my DraftKings account two months ago, so hey. I'm not necessarily winning anything, but hey, it's, it's recycling. <laughs> That's for sure. Now let's talk a little bit about USC and Nevada. Remember, we had the running joke last year uh, with with Nevada and the quarterback with Nevada. So we don't have a Nevada Husky uh, joke this week. What USC, uh, new to the Big Big Ten, aligned with the Big Ten. Uh, Nevada, the spread's thirty-five and a half. Uh, you almost gotta just say, no, USC. This this is gonna be. USC is going to cover because they're going to score as many points as they can because they're going to be pushing for Caleb Williams to win a second Heisman. Um, they honestly, like their offense will be fine, um, but their defense is terrible. Um, their defense gave up like 28 points last week to San Jose State, and it was ugly. Like they just couldn't tackle. It was a mess. Um, and there will be games later on. Whether it's again Utah, Washington, maybe Oregon, that 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 USC's defense is going to cost them a victory, um, which could cost them. I mean, it's going to be a tight, tight conference race um, there in in the last season, effectively of of the Pac-12. Um, USC's going to going to win. Probably will cover the spread, but they are going to be an interesting pick moving forward to see what the spread stays at, if it stays really, really high against some of these other conference opponents. Um, Because, again, I just don't think their defense is going to be able to stop much of anything um, when it comes time to some of these other high-powered offenses 
that exist um, out west. But USC is going to well, cover the spread today. I feel pretty comfortable about that. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. USC is pretty much chalk. Let's just uh, go on. And, and I think USC is going to – we'll see how they do in the overall. I, I am still curious, especially looking at the Big Ten, how else is going to come into when it comes to playoffs and bowl selection. Yet more, more to come, and we've got a whole season to talk about it and debate that. Uh, UMass is at Auburn uh, at uh, Jordan Hare Stadium there. Nice day, 80 degrees. Uh, home and home game for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, really, I mean, not a lot to talk about there. The spread is 39 and a half. I think definitely uh, Auburn would cover that spread, I would think. But uh, uh, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, Auburn, this, UMass this game, spread, 39 this... and a half. Yeah, this game is notable because it's Hugh Freeze's first game uh, over there on the Auburn sideline, having right. you know a, a return back to the SEC after he he was at uh, the good old with the good old Liberty Flames um, for several <laughs> seasons following his departure from Ole Miss. But um, I I this one's tough because again Auburn's another one of those schools that had a crap ton of transfers. Um, and so they've almost got like a totally new roster around Hugh Freeze. And, and when that, we've seen this happen in week one where teams that have like all these transfers, it, it, they just like struggle out the gate. So these large spreads can almost be impossible to cover like from the get go. Like to cover a spread of 39 and a half, you almost have to just come out the gate like gangbusters. That's a big spread, unless you're turning the, the other team over a lot. And again, you don't see teams that have a ton of transfers force a ton of turnovers because it's just it's a matter of like placement of, of um, coverages and making sure that guys are slid over to the right areas or you're getting you know, some of your defensive line cohesion, offensive line cohesion, the offense may turn over the ball a couple more times than they normally would in, in like a week one setting. So I, I personally wouldn't bet the over on that. That's a big spread for a team with a new coach and a lot of transfers. Um, I would take the under on that just because of kind of the situation surrounding Auburn. So the under is 39 and a half, minus 39 and a half. At with Auburn, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. UMass is plus thirty nine and a half. So you're saying to pick Auburn at minus thirty nine. I would pick Auburn. Auburn's going to win. They will not cover the spread. So in this particular scenario, where we're betting against the spread for my work, you go with UMass. Yeah. All right. I trust you, brother. I'm making. I'm making my change right now. <laughs> that's just again that's just a that's a big big spread yeah all right let's look at uh texas longhorns uh number 11 coming into season number 11 they've got rice uh the rice owls um 34 and a half the, is the spread and uh, they're playing there in uh fort worth i believe yeah i'm Austin, taking i'm, I'm taking Austin. the over i'm i'm taking the over because Texas is in a similar situation to Ohio State. Their starting quarterback is Quinn Ewers, um, who's going to play well. He was a former Ohio State transfer, um, former number one overall recruit from his recruiting class. Um, He couldn't beat out C.J. Stroud 
so he transferred back home to Texas. But his backup is um, none other than Arch Manning. So, uh, you know, if Quinn comes off the field with a, a sizable lead, you better believe if Arch gets his first taste of college football action, um, that boy's going to want to show he's got the the talent to uphold the name. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I think Texas is going to blow the doors off of him because of that. Like, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Texas put up like um, – <laughs> a 50 or a 60 spot in, in week one against Rice. Rice is just they're – a, they're an annual cupcake for whoever plays them. I just they're, – they're going to be undersized, too much talent at the quarterback position to, to, not, uh, to not have that kind of a sizable, sizable win. I've got Texas covering and covering with ease. Well, here's a tight one, and here's one that I, I, maybe we want to steer away from. But uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, South Carolina Gamecocks, North Carolina Tar Heels, uh, North Carolina coming in at uh, number 2021. 20, They're playing, and North Carolina is playing at home, and the spread's only one and a half. Uh, it's a coin flip. Um, <laughs> exactly. I mean that's not even that's like smaller than a coin flip. A coin flip is usually five or under. <laughs> Spread of one and a half. That's a that's a don't touch it. Ever. Stay away from um, it. Stay away from it. Yeah. I in this situation, I'm honestly, I would lean towards the better quarterback. Drake May is a far superior quarterback than um, I don't even know who's starting at quarterback for South Carolina this year. Um, so I'd, I'd have to do some, do some digging on that, but I, I would take North Carolina to win because again, I think Drake Mays, uh, he's a special quarterback, but I, I, it's not going to be, it's not anything I would say with like some pretty robust confidence (laughs) because I need to do a little bit more digging on South Carolina. Um, and, and North Carolina lost a lot of games last year that they mm-hmm. should have won because of Mac Brown either being weirdly aggressive or then weirdly conservative. I don't think Mac Brown should be coaching anymore, if I'm going to be honest. But I, I think North Carolina is going to win, but it would not surprise me at all if South Carolina won because of, frankly, at this point, Shane Beamer is a much better coach than Mac Brown is. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. So we're, we, we're going to stay away from this one, but uh, for the purposes of my work, I've got uh, North Carolina to win by one and a half. So there we go. See what happens. Let's move on to another Big Ten school, the Nittany Lions uh, on the West Virginia Mountaineers. Uh, they at, uh, at Penn State is uh, their home opener. They're at home, obviously. Uh, the spread is 17 and a half in favor of Penn State. What are your thoughts? Oh man, um, this is honestly one of the best rosters James Franklin has had since he's been at Happy Valley. Um, they've got a stud quarterback. They've got a really good running back. Their receiver room is solid. It's not honestly. I think their receiver room is better than Michigan. Obviously, not as good as Ohio State. Ohio State has the best receiver room in the country. And that's basically an agreed-upon fact at this point by every college football analyst in the world. Um, 
But Penn State's got a really solid roster. Um, they just need to, A, stay healthy. And really it's going to come down to, is Drew Aller, their five-star recruit quarterback, who played some last year, is he what the recruiting gurus thought he was? If he is, the three-headed monster of Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan is going to be very, very interesting because you're going to have at least one of those two teams most likely have two losses. And if I'm going to be honest, as an Ohio State fan, I don't know which one it is. I don't know if it's Penn State. I don't know if it's us, if it's Michigan. It, I mean, it's going to be really, really close with those three teams. I think they're all very good. If you were to tell me that any one of those, any combination of two of those three teams made the college football playoff, like two of them, similar to Ohio State and Michigan last year, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, the difference is I, I do feel there is a very clear – line uh, between the coaching chops of Ryan Day and of Jim Harbaugh than of James Franklin. I think Franklin, he just makes some boneheaded decisions that puts his teams um, in kind of dumb situations. Um, so I, I think I, I think Penn State's got a really great roster. I'm taking Penn State in the, in the over. Um, I think they're going to cover. I think they're coming out to try to show – they are a a top ten at, at minimum level level team, and I think I think the Big Ten legitimately has three of the top probably five six um, teams in the in the country this year with Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. Um, I think your your top five, top six, we're looking at like a Georgia. A USC, maybe. We need to see how USC's defense does. Um, Clemson could have a rebound year. Um, and then you're talking Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Not in that order, just kind of rattling the three of them off. <laughs> cool. All right, one more uh, game, and we uh, look at the spreads, and then we'll talk about some actual other game, and then we'll have to wrap it up and put a bowl on it for you there, sir. UCLA is at home against uh, Coastal Carolina. Uh, Chandler's, Chandler's, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but either which way. Chanticleers. Chanticleers. What the hell is a Chanticleer? It's like a you know? rooster. Like a rooster. Okay. I think. Well, why don't Pretty they sure. just call it the rooster? We'll get game Because Chanticleer doesn't, because rooster doesn't start with C. <laughs> okay, go CCC. Got it. All right. Uh, but uh, UCLA spread 14 and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm right about, about it. It's a rooster. You're, you actually did you, you googled it? All right, Google's our friend. Google says it's a rooster. So, all right, we've got that much established. We've learned that much on today's show. UCLA, uh, they're at UCLA Bruins. Uh, Fourteen and a half is the spread for UCLA to win. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think UCLA is going to win. I'm going to be honest. I'm not sure who's under center. In UCLA, if, um, you know, they, they lost their, their quarterback, um, 
Dorian Thompson Robinson to the NFL draft, who was again drafted and looked awesome in preseason by my Cleveland Browns. Um, so I I think uh, so. Apparently, their starting quarterback is Ethan Garbers. He was a four-star recruit. Um, I think UCLA, they're in for a bit of a transition year. They not only lost DTR, they lost Charbonnet, Zach Charbonnet, their running back. Um, I know they lost a couple of receivers. This is a rebounding year, and what UCLA is really going to try to do, I think, this year is get all the pieces in place to try to then make noise in the Big Ten next year when they join. Um, what's the spread on this one, Tom? Uh, 14 and a half. Blah, I wouldn't take it. Uh, even 14 and a half. <laughs> we're talking the first-time starter. First-time starter with, again, a lot of newer weapons around him. Um, and Coastal Carolina, in, in the recent years, has been known to put up some points. Um, so, I, yeah, I wouldn't touch it. I would still um, – I just wouldn't touch it at all. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it um, in, in a pick whatsoever because it's – it's a risky pick. It's a riskier pick than probably the bet is worth. Um, I think, and I think in this situation, I would say I would lean towards UCLA winning. But what should, Frank, frankly, be a really fun game to watch, um, depending on the time, because Coastal Carolina again puts up a lot of points. UCLA typically puts up a lot of points. Um, but these Week One matchups, they always give us like some weird random upsets. Um, Yesterday marked like the 20th or something anniversary of the Appalachian State over Michigan, which is still one of my favorite games in college football <laughs> we history. We remember that, right? So, absolutely. So, yeah, so I think like that's, that's one I just – I wouldn't bet it. Um, and if I'm a UCLA fan, I would be like feeling a little bit nervous just because there's a lot of factors going in. Um, it, 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 could, it should be – I think it could very well could be a tight game. Um, all the way down to the down to the, the final whistle. All right, all right. We've already talked about the balance game of the week this week. Obviously, had to be Ohio State and Indiana. It just had to be. But the next lineup, if you want to call game of the week, is for the balance anyway. Eastern Carolina versus Michigan. Uh, it's a spread of fifty-one and a half. Uh, so obviously, fifty-one in, in favor. Of, I'm sorry, thirty-six and a half. My apologies. The spread is thirty-six and a half. Um, so a total of 51 and a half total, but 36 and a half, uh, Michigan, uh, they're at Michigan, uh, big kid champion over the last two years, and Preston returned your favorite team to talk about, but, uh, East Carolina is a team, a sneaky, tricky team. And if nothing else, a, even if it's a small loss, it's a huge win for East Carolina and a huge uh, maybe read into the tea leaves of where Michigan is. I would say that, that the chances of Michigan falling asleep on East Carolina is very, very good. And I also would say that Eastern Carolina has the ability to manipulate that, even though on paper we say there's no way in hell that Eastern Carolina is going to come even anywhere close to Michigan at, at home. I disagree with that statement. Maybe that's the hot take of the day, but what are your thoughts? Eastern Carolina versus Michigan. Uh, Michigan's going to kill them. Um, Michigan has literally 
according to SBS rank, the second to last easiest schedule in the league in all of college football. Their schedule is garbage. And they're going to kind of – really, they only have two tough games. You could say three tough games if you think – nobody really knows what to make of Michigan State, but they have – let's just say two and a half tough games. They have us at the end of the season. They have Penn State. And then who knows what Michigan State's going to offer. The rest of their schedule is just trash. And I think they're going to they're gonna walk all over them. Um, do they cover the spread? Probably, because they have shown that even when they don't have backups that they need to play, like an Ohio State situation, like a Texas situation where they want to see what Arch Manning can do, um, they will continue to play starters deep into the fourth quarter to, frankly, do nothing but um, raise the box score. I think they'll cover the 36, um, and I think the media is going to slobber all over them. And, frankly, I hope they slobber all over them because this is a team that is cockier than almost any I've ever seen. And I can't wait to see whether it's Penn State or it's us. Somebody is going to punch them in the mouth and bring them back down to earth. And I, I would love it to be us <laughs> later <laughs> in November. So, but I don't think it's going to happen for a while because the, their schedule is. We're talking charm and soft. Charm and soft. <laughs> That's a T-shirt. We need to get a T-shirt made like that. Charm and soft. <laughs> Real quickly, a couple more things here, uh, then we'll let you go, uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, Alabama versus Middle Tennessee, what are your thoughts? Um, this one is really only important because it's the start of Jaden Milrow as the Alabama quarterback. And I'm going to be honest, man, Milrow looked terrible last year in, in, in cleanup duty or in spot duty for Bryce Young. Um I think we're going to see how big a problem the Alabama quarterback room is for their hopes of returning to the college football playoff. I actually think Alabama is going to lose a couple games, maybe even three games this season. And we start to look at it and go, is this the end of the Alabama run with Nick Saban? Um, (laughs) So I, 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 I don't know. I, the only reason that game is interesting is because of the Alabama situation at quarterback. Um, Alabama is going to beat them. I don't know what the spread is. MTSU 40. is terrible. The spread is total. It's 40? 40. Total. Oh, Lord. Um, so, so, in other yeah, words, I, if they I, have the spread, they're going to beat Minnesota, Tennessee by 40 or more. Yeah, I don't know. That, that, could, that could happen just because so. of Alabama's running game. I don't think it will happen. I, I tend to yeah. take the under in that situation. Because, again, yeah. Milrow looked awful. Looked, I mean, we're talking like, dude, should not be at a powerhouse like program playing quarterback at all. Like, it was, it, was, it was bad when he was on the field last year. Well, real quickly, last week uh, we saw a good – well, I don't want to say good because it was far from good, but maybe it was good if you're Rick Riggin or a Notre Dame fan. I liked seeing him play in Dublin uh, in Notre Dame Navy game. I liked the service teams. But I tell you what, one of two things that we learned 
from the Notre Dame Navy game is Notre Dame is no joke, and they are going to be a great contender this year. Or Navy, with their new coach, is just in in the crapper, which is unfortunate. But I, I, I'm hoping that's the case come around, come around the end of the year when they meet Army. But nonetheless, I was kind of disappointed in how much uh, Notre Dame was just total dominant against Navy. What did we learn from that game? Almost nothing. This is probably one of the worst teams that Navy's had in a long time. Um, and, and on top of that, like, I don't, did you watch the game time? Oh, yeah. I've never yeah, seen All of it for most, vi- most of it except, except the, the, toward the end of it because we had to go to the Pentonic concert, which, by the way, was freaking off. I, I have never seen a defensive line look smaller in my life. I think they said that their average, like, si- like size and weight was, like, of their starting defensive line was, like, 6'3", 245. I'm like, man, I'm six foot, like, 195. They're not that much bigger than I am. But, and I, there's no way I should be trying to block against or, or be trying to pass rush against Joe Alt. Like, it just – at every single position, Navy looks tiny, like tiny. And I just – I think it was a mismatch from the beginning just physically. Like, Sam Hartman, I think he only took two pressures the whole game. And both of those are on times that Navy blitzed. So, I mean, if you're having to blitz just to generate a little bit of pressure, not even a knockdown, not even a hit, just pressure, it's, 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 not, it's not good. Not good. I mean, this is this – is, it was – you kind of take that tape and throw it out because once, once Army wasn't able to run the triple option, I mean, they were, they were shot. Like, it just – I don't know that you can judge anything off of that game last week at all. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> I'm sitting waiting for you to say something nope. else. So I thought you're, you just you just dropped it. Drop Mike right there. All right, buddy. We look we look forward to talking to you throughout the week. Let me ask you this: Are we going to see a, a, a Jibby's Den post Ohio State IU? Uh, I think I think what we'll what we'll do tomorrow, especially because <laughs> there's not like an NFL game. My plan is tomorrow to come home from church, and I'm going to do like a top 25 debrief. So top what I want to do moving forward is we'll take the if we do a top 25 picks on Saturday, and then on Sunday we'll see how it played out. So like I could do a write up with here was what the pick here was how it played out, and then we could actually do like Adam's win loss record. So when I give these okay. live, we'll need to write them down and send them back to me. We'll do. So we'll do we'll so have a write up. We'll, we'll, we'll have a write up. We'll, we'll, we'll do that starting next week. Uh, I typically you say where people can find your work in masterpieces, but I know your masterpieces lie within uh, the. The Balance website, www.thebalancesportscast.com. I don't even know my own website, dude. I'm losing my brain. Jimmy's Den. We look forward to it, man. It's going to be a great season. I, I, I got to say it just because I'm an IU alum, but I know it's not going to happen. But the world will come uh, to an end if it does. The heads will explode everywhere if IU wins. But go IU. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sounds Sorry, good, buddy. Tom. You guys are have you, are a you great Labor Day weekend, and we'll. You, you do I the same. You guys, yep. 
you, you guys do anything for the Labor Day? Uh, no, I had planned to potentially be in Atlanta, um, but that did not work out. So I will be there in a couple weeks. There you go. Well, we are just going to play uh, barbecue, cornhole, and just hang around the house. So Awesome. Well, you guys have a good weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. You just see you, man. We'll talk to you soon. Adam Jevedan, our uh, super Browns fan, Buckeye fan, Guardians Day fan, super duper Cavaliers fan, our official college football co-pilot, an all-around good egg. That was good. I love it. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. We're going to talk a little, little racing, you and I, and then we're going to catch up with Ed Crasby, writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com and our official NASCAR contributor. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. <laughs> National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home.
Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? No, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. No. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Saw Mark Mattel, President Tay. Thank you, Adam Jevedan, and all around good egg. <laughs> I got to keep that. And, and I guess you, if you weren't part of the very opening dialogue, my awesome producer, Melissa, she helps me get things ready for the show, all the behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> she, right? I'm like Ron Burgundy. If you put it on the, the monitor, if you put it on the thing, he's going to read it. And so I had said we were going to start off with Adam Jividen, Super Browns fan, Buckeye fan, Guardians fan, all that, and all around. I used to say all around good guy, but today somehow it's all around good age. So I keep that. I said, you know, you're a little scrambled at times, but for the most part, you're sunny side up. Oh, that was a joke. I guess if you were listening to the whole show, maybe you caught it. And if not, you're just listening now. You're you're jumping in on the podcast and you're like, man, this is a freaking awesome podcast. Where where can I find it? Listen to more of it. All I got to do is hit like. Subscribe, what have you, wherever you're listening to us on whatever platform you're listening to, Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, what have you, whatever your podcast platform is, and uh, just hit like, and that way we know how awesome you are. We know how awesome we are. Uh, and make sure you're following us on the Twitter, or formerly known as Twitter, now the X. I don't what do we call it now? Do we call it the X? Are you Xing? I don't know. Weird. But... Another topic for another show for another day, right? Follow us on the X, all right? Or on the Twitter, whatever it is, at <laughs> TV Ballot. And, if, you know, if you're not, then you don't, you don't get the X, and that's fine, too. We're also on the Book of Faces. Uh, so just uh, find us on Facebook. Just type the balance. You see our little, our little uh, logo there that we've got going on. And uh, uh, like it's we, – we're quite – active on both on both uh platforms as well of course we do this show called the balance every saturday we do it live so if you're listening to the live show now uh, uh on blog talk radio we appreciate you listening to us 
um, and then also hit like and subscribe as well. The good thing about it is when we go live, if you're following us on Blog Talk, you'll get a notification and say, uh-oh, the balance is about to go live. Uh, but also, the good, great thing about uh, our show is compared to a lot of shows, our show is the, uh, the podcast itself. So if you're listening to the live show, you're also listening to the podcast. Uh, so we, we uh, dropped the podcast just a, within a few minutes of this live show being done. Uh, so everybody that hears the podcast, you're also hearing what happened on the live show, good, bad, or indifferent. We do not do any editing. Uh, so we just drop it straight into the podcast world, and here you are. Now we're all together in one one place, in one universe. Jimmy Buffett died overnight. Uh, saw that this morning, and uh, man, uh, you know, we were just talking a little bit with Adam. He, he's not really a big Jimmy Buffett fan, but certainly knows who Jimmy Buffett. I think you, everybody knows who Jimmy Buffett fans. But I, there's a lot. I'm a Jimmy Buffett fan. I wouldn't say that I'm as far going as a parrot head, if you will. Uh, but uh, I would say that I, I like Jimmy Buffett. Margaritaville, as I mentioned earlier, if you've ever been to a karaoke bar, you would, you've heard Margaritaville at some point, maybe maybe a very ugly version of it, <laughs> as if I had been the one up there singing Margaritaville. You know, I, I'm the only one in history that's ever been asked to lead a karaoke bar. Just kidding. But, uh, yeah, uh, Margaritaville, uh, certainly one of the, there's so many tunes that we could go through with, with Jimmy Buffett, but the impact that he made on the music industry and, you know, certainly brings to the forefront of what I call now, at least a pioneer of yacht rock, which has become a, a, one of my, my favorite genres. And uh, if you've not checked out the genre yacht rock, it is the Jimmy Buffett and it is the Captain Nintendo's and it is, uh, you know, just the, the, the feel good music uh, that was of, of the seventies and eighties and, some early 90s, but for the most part, 70s and 80s uh, uh, music, and, and there's a whole genre around Yacht Rock, so so check it out. I digress. Well, typically, we would be uh, joined by Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, uh, but he's at a presser. Give him a hard time for not being, for choosing the presser at Darlington and being on this important podcast today and break down what's going on in NASCAR. So, you know, NASCAR's in Darlington. Last week, uh, IndyCar was in Gateway in St. Louis. Tony Donahue was not able to join us today either. Uh, But to, you know, give you a a, a recap, I mean, really, uh, Darlington, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, not not Darlington, but what a a great race it was last week, the night race out um, in um, Daytona, sorry. (laughs) The D's are going, Brian. The good news, I don't know if you saw this wreck. I know we posted it up on social media, but Ryan Priest uh, in, in Saturday's race, uh, Saturday night's race, had a terrible wreck. Barrel rolled uh, down the back, down the straightaway around lap 155 uh, in the Coke Zero Sugar 400. Uh, I mean, I think he tumbled 10, 11, 12 times at least 10 times. I guarantee it was at least 10 times. Uh, and did he was able to get at, get out of it, his number 41 under his own power, you know, with some assistance from safety workers, and they took him to the hospital to be checked out. But it turns out he's cleared for this race, and I, it just amazes me. And I, I was really hoping that we'd be able to have Steve on today to talk with him about the safety of these vehicles, I mean, in these cars. I mean, it's just amazing to me that Ryan Priest, 
was able to get up and walk away from that relatively unscathed, relatively unharmed. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, you, you know, you're like, that's like a split second in your life where the rest of us that were watching it was just uh, uh, crazy, if you will. Crazy. Um, and so there was that last week, and then, of course, the, the weekend in um, uh, IndyCar Gateway race out there. Um, Christian Lungard, you know, we talked with him a little, I got a chance to meet him when he was here in Indianapolis. He is just dominating in, in, in Portland. And uh, so certainly exciting to see that Portland race. Uh, Christian Lungard reaffirmed his status as, as number one breakout stars in the 20, in, in the IndyCar series uh, by leading the first practice Friday uh, for the BitNile.com Bit, Grand Prix uh, Portland there at Portland International Raceway. Lungard, he's from Denmark, and you know we, he he made uh, he's, he's been making some uh, good waves, I guess if you will. Uh, certainly fielded by Ray Hall Letter, Letterman Racing. Uh, doing a little bit better than his teammate Graham Ray Hall, uh, but yeah, we'll see how he he does it and and how things are are turning out for him. But you gotta you gotta you gotta just say, let's just say it, let's just crown him and let's move forward. Alex Pelot is your 2023 IndyCar champion. I I say it's not official, okay. He's got 565 points. Chip Canassi Racing. Uh, his teammate Scott Dixon, 491 points. Chip Canassi Racing, and then uh, Joseph Newgarden, uh, 440 points, and then followed by Paul Ward. But you know, you've been you looked at this chase between you looked at this chase between uh, Alex Pelot and, and Joseph Newgarden particularly. But what? Scott Dixon has been able to do is just amazing. And we had a chance to see him uh, win in Indianapolis or, you know, get on the podium, I'm sorry, here in Indianapolis and win as well. I'm sorry. He's won at least one race 19 years in a row. So Scott Dixon in typical Scott Dixon fashion is – doing what he does. We're still talking about just a very few races left in the season. I mean, anything's possible. But at this point, I'm saying Alex Plow is going to be your 2023 IndyCar champion. I mean, you got to. You got to. Uh, if I'm proven wrong, I will stand here in the Balance Studios high top, uh, the Balance Studios in the West Suburbs of Indianapolis in Proclaim that I was wrong, but you know that that never happens. I'm like 100% right 90% of the time. <laughs> right, I'm 100% right 30% of the time. Right, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Scott Dixon, you know, he, Ice Man, he's he's there, but second place, and, and it looks like it is going to fall in between Joseph Newgarden and Potable Ward. Uh, of course, Joseph Newgarden, what a great – even if you don't win the championship and you get to win the Indianapolis 500, I mean, come on. Your, your season is a triumphal success. 
uh, Joseph Newgarden uh, in third place. So if, even if that's where he lands, or even if he lands at fourth, or I don't see him falling any further than fourth. There, Alex, this there is going to be a battle there, I believe, between Joseph Newgarden and Pato Award. Uh, but uh, uh, we'll see, we'll see. But I'm like I said, I'm. I'm 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 ready to give I'm ready to give the crown the IndyCar Championship crown for 2023 uh, to Chip Ganassi driver uh, Alex Pablo. All right, let's talk a little. Certainly, uh, talk a little bit about the bubble um, playoffs are going on over in the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series, and let's let's talk a little bit about what's going on in in that in those particular series. Uh, so you know, the race for the final NASCAR Xfinity Series uh, spots heat up. At Darlington, as uh, the Cup Series begins its playoffs at Darlington, uh, and Xfinity still has two races left to decide its full uh, playoff season. So we'll get into the bubble watch here in just a second. Uh, but uh, um, really, this is going to be as we as as the NASCAR Cup Series begins its playoffs. Uh, sorry, it's Sunday's Darlington race. Xfinity still has two races to decide. One of those races is. Day uh, at, at the track too tough to tame in Darlington, which is where Steve Wilson, uh, editor in chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, is currently uh, at a presser and uh, was unable to join us. Uh, I, you know, there is some uncertainty at both the top and bottom of the playoff grid. Last Friday at Daytona Speedway, Parker Kilgerman uh, rode a fourth place finish uh, to the into the top twelve. In the Xfinity Series standing, uh, displacing Riley Hurst, who reflected the 24th place. Uh, so we'll see what what happens there. But there's a lot of a lot of a lot of teams to be watching here in Darlington in the Xfinity Series. And like I said, there's only two seasons left. So who we have so far, who we who we already know are in the the. The, the playoffs are eight drivers who have clinched a spot in the 12 driver postseason. Austin Hill, Justin Allgaier, John Hunter, Namachek, Cole Custer, Chandler Smith, Sammy Smith, and Jeb Burton. And those that can clinch with some points today, uh, if there's a repeat win by a driver who cannot advance the playoffs, the following drivers could clinch by 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 being 56 points above the fourth fourth winless driver standing. You had Josh Berry, who could clinch with 21 points. Sheldon Creek, who, who could clinch uh, with a little help. And Daniel Henry could clinch with a little help. And uh, certainly, if there's a new winner from Parker Klingerman, uh, other than a winless driver, you look at Josh Berry, who would clinch with 54 points. Um, so that's who, that's who we're seeing on the bubble there with uh, um, Xfinity Series. And then we look over at um, the Cup Series. Who's? I mean, you, you, you look at man, the bubble. Let me just pull that up here, just real quick. I had it up. See, see what happens when I'm when I'm left to my own demises. <laughs> so we got William Byron, Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin, Chris Boucher, Kyle Busch, Kyle Larson, Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain. Brad Colossi, Tyler Reddick, Joey Logano, and Ryan Blaney all in the playoffs. On the bubble, Michael McDowell, right? Ricky Stein in the house, Jr., Kevin Harvick, 
it'd be great to see him win a championship. I don't really see it happening, but it would be nice to see him in the playoffs and competing for a championship for his final year uh, in, in uh, NASCAR. He, as we know, he's moving into the broadcast booth. What a career number four has, who Stuart Haas Racing has had in the Ford. Man, it's just, he's, he's clearly a Hall of Famer. He's clearly one of the best that's ever done, done the race. And what a class act he is. Uh, Kevin Harvick, he's also on the bubble. And uh, Bubba Wallace, uh, we'll see where he's at. And, you know, we had a little conversation, uh, you know, last week uh, concerning Denny Hamlin, Bubba Wallace, and, uh, his, uh, and his own teammate, Ty Gibbs. You know, hey, do I, do I, would you push along uh, Bubba Wallace or would you push along Ty Gibbs as a teammate as well? Bubba Wallace is an employee of mine. And I'm maybe pushing uh, for Bubba Wallace. And maybe, maybe a lot of people thought, uh, that's a little, that's a little harsh. I think you're going to push along for your own teammate, but you're going to push along for your employee. Yeah, think about it. it you're going to make money. And I'm, I'm glad you've been able to work that unique scenario out where he's able to be a driver for another team and own a, a team who has an active driver that he's driving against. And, and, uh, and then you ask yourself, okay, so if it comes down to me or Bubba, am I going for me? Or am I going to root my employee or push my employee? Am I going to try to beat Bubba on the track? Of course, you're going to try to beat Bubba on the track, so it's a little bit different. But I wish we could have had Steve on. Uh, certainly, we'll have him on next week, and when we'll have a, a recap of, of what's going on with Portland with Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast in the fan place. Make sure you go to that app and download. There's a lot of cool stuff you can win, a lot of cool prizes that you can win uh, just by downloading the app and just doing a few picks that comes along. It's, it doesn't cost anything. It's free. It's the fan place. Check that out. And it's speedwaydigest.com. Uh, Certainly been a, a great part of this show for a long time. Uh, go check them out. They are your official NASCAR uh, NASCAR group of uh, people to, to go on NASCAR. My name is Tom Marcus, El Presidente. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. And we're going to be jumping into some NFL talk with Ed Kratz, be writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and NSI.com. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. 
Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got me. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle Coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Balance one eight Tom Marcos El Presidente. Yes, we say goodbye to one of the legends. Uh, Jimmy Buffett passed away peacefully in his sleep. I was able to find that out here in the last during the during the commercial break there. So uh uh rest in peace, Jimmy uh Buffett. Thank you, Adam Jividan, Super Browns fan, uh, Buckeyes fan, Guardians fan, Super Cavs fan, our official college football co pilot, and all around good egg. And uh, during this now is another good egg. <laughs> Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm I'm very good, Tom. Thanks. Yeah, good good uh, good intro there on uh, Jimmy Buffett. Well, there's yep. a yeah yeah, and uh, have you? I gotta know. Have you ever been to a karaoke bar in Sun Margaritaville? Uh, <laughs> no, I I don't think I have. I mean, I've sung it in my car oh, many times. <laughs> 
Uh, I've been, hey, I've been to a couple of Jimmy Buffett concerts. I was at three yeah. of them uh, in my in my life. Uh, great show. So I probably sung it there. In fact, I know I did. Yeah, sang it there. Just kind of so, like uh, Piano Man with Billy Joel. Whenever he plays that, yeah. everybody sings. It's a fan of Margaritaville. It. Yeah. You gotta, you uh, Would you consider yourself a parrot head? I don't think so. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm a big fan, and you know, but uh, I'm not a member of any. Cult, so to speak, if you will, parrotheads. I don't. Know, I guess it's a fun <laughs> group, but <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I don't belong to that kind of stuff. So yeah, but I mean, hey, I, I've been to concerts, hung out with parrotheads. I mean, a lot of fun. A lot, those concerts were okay. a lot of fun. It's a shame we won't be able to see them anymore. Yeah, I uh, had a chance to see him. Uh, it's been five, six years ago here at in Indianapolis at Ruoff, which is an outdoor venue, and that was really cool. It was hot as hell, but it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, so he was he was a he was a a a good a good act, and I saw him actually with Kenny Chesney. It was kind of an interesting concept. That was huh. when he was first coming out. You know, Kenny Chesney does a lot of that country beach rock, so uh, so it was a good uh, a good thing. And um, I, I consider Jimmy Buffett one of the founders of one of my favorite genres of music, and that's yacht rock. Are you familiar with the yacht rock genre? Well, there's a Yacht Rock station that I've been listening to on Sirius XM. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, yeah, I think he – didn't he call it like the Caribbean – drunk Caribbean music or something? Isn't that what Jimmy Buffett called his own music? Drunken yeah, Caribbean. Like Drunken Caribbean. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Well, if I was in the Caribbean, I'd probably be likely to be drunk too. So, you know, hey. <laughs> when you go, it's expected if you're in the Caribbean, you're going you're gonna to be drunk. Well, let's get get into it. Uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Uh, I've got one fantasy draft under my belt. We've got the fantasy balanced fantasy draft on Sunday. Uh, I did not get any Eagles on this time around so far, but we'll see what happens. I, I ended up with Trevor Lawrence and Tua as my quarterback, uh, but uh, Jalen Hurts is still was still in the mix. Uh, I noticed that he did go off kind of early. Uh, I was kind of shocked. Of course, you get these fantasy owners like, oh, I've got to have the uh, Patrick Mahomes or the Jalen Hurts or the Josh Allen. I've got to be that guy that has them. You know, I digress, but I, I think that drafting them too early is, is – uh... so speaking of the Eagles, let's get in. Let's get into the conversation about the Eagles as they get ready for week one. Uh, Cooper Cup with the Rams has found himself on an injury list, so if you look at – fantasy football there's a wide receiver there with the eagles that can step up and make it happen <laughs> I'll, I'll get off the fantasy kick for a little bit but uh uh the, the philadelphia eagles as, as they get ready for week one what do you thought sir well i mean you know fantasy football i can't see how jalen hurts wouldn't be one of the top five players taken to tell you the truth i mean that guy what he scored 13 rushing touchdowns through for 22 mm-hmm. And passed for over 3,700 yards, missed two games. He probably would have been over 4,000. I mean, I, I see that kind of a season from him this year. Uh, of course, the number I really would like to see him play uh, hit is 17, which means he played all 17 games. He hasn't done that yet. But, uh, you know, there's what you know about the Eagles is they have 2,000-yard receivers. They have a Pro Bowl-type tight end. They have a a very good running game, probably one of the best offenses. Well, not probably one of the best offensive lines in the game. They have an MVP quarterback. So that's what you know. And it's all on the offense. What you don't know about the defense is how are they going to be on the back end? You know, with the two new safeties, Reed Blankenship 
an undrafted free agent just from last year going to be starting? And who's going to be the other starter opposite him? We we don't know. And, you know, we're a week away from the season, and there has not been made any decision made as to who's going to be the other starter. They may mix and match. And what you don't know is, is Darius Slay going to be able to hold up 32 years old now. He wore down last year. Is he going to be able to hold up as the season goes on? And what about the linebackers? They only kept three linebackers on the team. What if somebody gets hurt there? I mean, there are so many unknowns on the defensive side of the ball. You know they have a great defensive line, right? That's where they put all their resources. They saved 13 defensive linemen when they cut down to 53 players. They have seven defensive tackles and six edge rushers. That's a strength. Uh, of course, they had 70 sacks last year. But there's so many unknowns on defense. First-year defensive coordinator. Uh, it's a big concern going into the season. And this defense is probably going to take some time to have to figure it out, uh, to grow together, to learn together. But it's going to take some time, I think, on that side of the ball. Um, so, to me, the Eagles are going to have to come out firing on all cylinders on offense to outscore an opponent if they want to win games early. So, I saw that the Eagles signed Tyree Phillips to the uh, practice squad. Was there a story behind that? Uh, I know that he was, he was pretty big offensive lineman for the Giants. Just not a spot for him on their active roster, or well, yeah, well, the Giants cut him. I, you know, I don't know why. I'm not real sure, but he was out there, and and it's still not official that the Eagles have done it. The Eagles haven't put anything out about it. Uh, I mean, they had filled their practice squad. You're allowed sixteen uh, sixteen players on a practice squad, and they were full. So, you know, this report comes out that they signed him, but they don't have any room for him. So there hasn't been a corresponding move made where they've released anybody, at least to my knowledge, the Eagles, you know, this is kind of a quiet weekend, Labor Day. Uh, There's no availability with the Eagles. I'm sure it's that way with all the teams in the NFL. I'm not sure how much they're doing. You know, we don't have access to the Eagles again until Tuesday. So that's a four day stretch where, you know, we we're not inside the building trying to, you know, hear and see and uh, what's going on. But so I'm not sure they signed him, but I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a, uh, seems like a pretty useful player. He started a handful of games, and, you know, he's six, five, three thirty. He can play uh, guard and I think he can play tackle. Um, but yeah, he's a giant. So the Eagles brought in a giant, the giants claimed one of the Eagles players, a tight end Tyree Jackson, uh, you know, so, you know, this stuff happens teams get claimed from by other teams within a division rival teams. And, you know, maybe that's why it's such a big story. I, I mean, I don't know how much Phillips is going to help. I mean, he's a depth piece if you have injuries, but you know, like I said, this Eagles offensive line is other than right guard where Cam Jurgens, a second year player is going to be, you know, learn, you know, he, he's never played guard before he's new on that line, but the rest of the pieces, you know, you have two probably hall of fame guys and Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, and you have Jordan Malata you know, a top five, seven left tackle in football. You have Landon Dickerson at the guard, who's also a very, very good player. So I don't know how much Tyree Phillips is going to help them unless there's an injury or two that, along that front. But, you know, to me, it's it's not a done deal. And, you know, it's a lot, it's a, a bunch of to do about nothing because if he's playing, then that means the Eagles O-line has, has gotten hurt somewhere. What, do you, what kind of big impact do you think that A.J. Brown will bring to the Philadelphia Eagles this year? Huge. I mean, you know, he set a record last year for receiving yards in a season. Uh, broke Mike Quick's record from 1982. He caught almost 1,500 yards worth of passes, 1,496. He had 11 touchdowns. Uh, him and Jalen Hurts are best friends. I mean, he's 
it's going to be more of the same this year with, with A.J. Brown, although I think Devontae Smith could put a dent into those numbers. I think Devontae Smith is a star in the making, and he was last year. He's, ever since he's been in the league, he's been very good. So um, A.J. Brown will keep doing stuff that, you know, he did last year. He'll kick, catch the quick slant over the middle, and he has the ability to go the distance with those. So he's a big physical receiver, you know, 225, 230 pounds, six foot two. Um, so yeah, he's, he's a huge part of this offense and I expect him to be the same again this year. Let's take a look uh, at your week one opponent. You guys are going out to Foxborough. I don't know if you're going or not, uh, but uh, they'll certainly be out there at Gillette stadium. I guess if you've got to open up somewhere, there's a place to open up. The good thing about it is it's no, I don't, think that the New England Patriots are the New England Patriots of the past. Uh, so it, it looks like your injury report, the Eagles injury report, is relatively light uh, with Trey Sermon, uh, running back. They, you've got him on IR. That's the only one that I'm seeing out right now listed on your injury report. Uh, granted, New England always has everybody on their injury report, but that's neither here nor there. That's a, that's a New England thing. But uh, as you guys get ready, uh, for the New England Patriots. As you said, you haven't been able to be in the, the building. But if you were a fly on the wall, what are you doing to get ready for this game for week one? Well, I mean, I don't know how good the Patriots are going to be. That's a tough division at AFC uh, East. And, you know, the Eagles will play all the teams in that division. But, you know, to me, the Patriots are probably the last place team in that division, I, I would think. But, you know, my contention is always, you know, you don't want to play a bad team early because the team doesn't know how bad they are yet. You know, mm-hmm. once, exactly. once the season begins and you're right. So, you know, there's everybody's playing hard. Everybody's optimistic coming out of preseason. So, you know, a, a team that's supposed to be bad and, you know, I don't know how bad they'll be. I think they'll probably be like seven and 10, the Patriots. Um, but but they don't know that. They still think they can go 11 and 6 or whatever, you know. So uh, it's going to be a tough game. You know, they're, they're, they're honoring Tom Brady before the game, so it's going to be packed. Uh, it's going to be raucous. Um, and they have a new offensive coordinator in Bill O'Brien, former head coach with the Texans and Pence. Uh, you know, he's going to have Mac Jones ready to play. And that's, that's something, too, is Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi were kind of alternating quarterbacks last year, I think. And uh, they finally settled on, uh, you know, Mac Jones. So he knows he's the guy. He doesn't have to look over his shoulder. That will help. Um, but I'm just not sure the talent on that team. And, of course, the Eagles have Matt Patricia uh, on their coaching staff, who is very familiar with Belichick, you know, and his defensive style. So, you know, that could be an advantage Eagles. But the Eagles are more, a more talented team, there's no doubt. Uh, but, again, it's the opener, Tom Brady Day, this is the third straight year. I think it's actually the fifth straight year the Eagles have opened the season on the road, but all three years have been with Sirianni as the coach. He went down to Atlanta two years ago and put 31 up against the Falcons in the opener. He went to Detroit last year and put 38 up against the the, the Lions. Uh, I expect the Eagles will probably come out flying again, uh, you know, high-scoring offense on, on Sunday, or, yeah, Sunday, and it's going to be – you know, they're going to have to stop them on, on offense. The defense is going to have to stop the Patriots' offense, and we'll, and we'll see how good they do. But I, I think the Eagles should win this game. Um, but it's not going to be an easy win like the last two openers were under Sirianni. I think this is going to be a more uh, competitive uh, game for the Eagles. And, 
you know, we haven't seen the starters play at all in the preseason. So we'll see how quickly they're able to get that chemistry going in the game here and if they can pull out a win. Well, let's uh, put on my homework cap here real quickly. Uh, the the Colts take on the Jacksonville Jaguars at home next week. We'll be at that game. It's always fun to go a home game. It's always fun to see a divisional game. Uh, this will be the first time I've actually in person got to see Anthony Richardson. I, as we've talked about before, he, he has a lot of potential. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I'm staying completely away from everybody and everyone to do with the, with the Colts. But let's talk about Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor was put on the pup list. I kind of want to call it a hold-in, which I, I believe the Colts now have the right to, to find him. But I'm also seeing some stories that, he, that his injury is legit. And I think that was part of what I said before was, you know, hey, he wanted to get his contract done this year because he's not going to be able to play for that big money uh, this year, and so he wanted to have that contract already done. That didn't happen. Uh, They're still – they got him on the pup list, which basically means they believe that he's injured at this point, which he might be. Uh, But uh, I I just – I wish they'd been able to get something done, but I honestly think that Jonathan Taylor's time at the Indianapolis Colts are done. He, He won't be eligible to play. Uh, at least for four weeks, that puts us at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you, you would think that if he's going to play, let's get him in there and let's help him start developing Anthony Richardson. The Indianapolis Colts' outlook for 2023 may not be grim or grim, but uh, it, it does need to be, in my opinion, without Jonathan Taylor. What say you, sir? Yeah, I mean, you know, you need a running game to make your quarterback more effective with play action and RPO stuff and, you know, who who's running the football back there? I mean, I, you know, I know Kareem Hunt's still out there, uh, but mm-hmm. you know, he's got the red flags, but you know, that the Colts did, first of all, they didn't do themselves any favors in helping develop a quarterback with a running game. And secondly, you went and pissed off your best player and, you know, yeah. good organizations don't do that. They don't allow that to happen to get to this point. You either pay him or you trade him. You don't put him on pup and sit him for four games and, have your GM come out and say, well, rep- relationships are re- repairable. You do the right thing by the player. And of course it has to make sense for the team, but if you're, you don't want an unhappy player moping around in your locker room. I mean, it was clear that the, the Colts didn't want to trade him. They would have come off their demand for a first round pick. Uh, so mm-hmm. here they are, you know, they're, they're stuck and it's a shame on a lot of levels that it came to this, but you don't see, you don't see good organizations doing this. I mean, they, they, they take care of business, uh, you know, and, and it goes a long way in getting players to want to come there to play, you know, attracting free agents. And if players around the league are looking at this situation, they're like, why would we go play there when they, you know, they're, they're, they're making their best player so unhappy and so miserable uh, when they could use him to help develop Richardson. I mean, it's just a bad look for the Colts and, you know, I feel bad for, you know, Shane Steichen, who, you know, kind of got plopped right into the middle of this mess, um, probably deserved better. Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen after four weeks, if they'll activate him, if Taylor even wants to play. I mean, I, I'm not sure he's injured. I don't know what the background of that. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. To me, he's just unhappy and doesn't want to play. Um, and frankly, you know, who could blame him? Well, here's here's the interesting take on some things that I heard and, and I'm learning now with this Dolphins stuff that, that Colts were interested in Jalen Waddle. Uh, and Jalen Waddle is going to be paid. Uh, but 
what I don't understand is they're willing to pay Jalen Waddle very, very similar amount of money that Jonathan Taylor's asking for. That deal didn't come together, but one of the the people that the Colts were willing to say, hey, okay, we'll make a deal with Jalen Waddle. Uh, if I'm Jonathan Taylor and I'm hearing this and I'm saying, hey, you'll pay Jonathan Taylor basically the same money I I mean, you'll pay uh, Waddle basically the same money that I'm asking for. You don't think I'm worth that. So, again, that, that, I was really just frustrated with the uh, press conference the other day by, by Chris Ballard, basically just saying, hey, like all relationships, we got to work together. we got to stick in there, there together, and I'm not giving up on this kid and blah, 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 blah. It's time to give up on this kid. Not as a player. I mean, he'll get better again. It's just let's move on. And, and you don't want that you don't want that kind of cancer in the in the locker room either uh it, it's time to move on with with, with the colts and, and the good thing about it is there is some positive out outlook with the colts i mean they they, they do they, they do have some young players uh that they brought into the roster that i think it could bring long-term success but this year isn't the year uh and and certainly anthony richardson is, is, a, is a key part of that I was a little like scratching my head. Let's, they're making him a captain already, and he's he's not even taking a, a. I get it. He's starting quarterback, maybe by by association that he gets the right to be a captain. But he's certainly one of the youngest players in the NFL, uh, and, and then you know, plus we've got some experienced players. So I think that the Colts work it all out. But I'm I'm tired of all of this uh, back and forth. Distractions. Let's let's get on the let's get on the field. Let's get yeah. ready for it. The Jacksonville Jaguars. What are you thought about the Colts and the Jaguars? We'll be at that game. By the yeah. Way. Well. Oh, good. That's good. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, listen, I think Anthony Richardson is going to lead the Colts in rushing this year, and that's not good when your quarterback leads them in rushing. But who else do you have? Okay. Uh, but exactly. but you know, yeah. Again, the whole thing. I mean, Taylor's 24 years old. If you're going to pay Jalen Waddle, I know it's a difference in position, running back isn't a position that teams are investing in. The receivers are, uh, you know, seem to be more important. Obviously there's more of a pass. Uh, it's more of a pass league now. Um, but the Dolphins weren't ever going to trade Jalen Waddle for a running back. I mean, it's just, I'm not sure there's some draft picks involved, but so now you play the Jaguars without, you know, knowing who your running back is going to be. Anthony Richardson's first game, you know, then starter, all that um, against the team that uh, won the, the, the South last year, right? I believe it was the Jags who, who won that division. Uh, and, and that's not an easy, you know, that's not an easy opener. Uh, we'll see if the Jags were for real last year. We'll see if Trevor Lawrence is able to make that next step in the second year under Doug Peterson. Um, you know, the Jags have Calvin Ridley now. They traded for him when he was suspended for gambling. He's going to be a handful to defend. Um, you know, they've got some good weapons in in Jacksonville and it's going to be up to the defense to kind of try to slow it down and hope your offense can put up points with a rookie quarterback, you know, some good receivers and Pittman and Pierce and, you know, uh, Mount Mo Alley Cox, I guess he's the top tight end. I'm not sure if he's the, the number one tight end or not, but uh, certainly the tight end will be utilized in a Shane Steichen offense. Um, mm-hmm. But, but will it be enough? I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, at this point, I'd, I'd probably say no. I think the Jags win, but, you know, uh, it's a home game, right? You're going. It's in Indianapolis, so that counts for something as an advantage for the Colts. But, you know, I just don't know if the talent level is there to 
to beat the Jags. And they never beat the Jags, right? Or at least when they go to, ja- uh, to Jacksonville. Not here recently, no. Jaguar, yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. I, I mean, the, the last the last game that uh, – that, uh, um, <laughs> I quick I forget. Our last coach is now in Carolina now. I'm sorry. i got to bring Frank Reich. Yeah, Frank Reich. Frank <laughs> Reich. Last game, last game, Frank Wright played with the Colts was at Jacksonville. Let's talk, let's, let's let's bounce around the league and let's look at Week One uh, games. You got the Lions at the Chiefs in the Arrowhead. You almost think that it's just a, a rite of passage. If you're in, in Arrowhead and you got Patrick Mahomes at the helm and it's Game One of the season, you're going to win. But a lot of people are looking at the Detroit Lions as being a pretty good team in the NFC this this year. So the Lions and the Chiefs, what say you, sir? Yeah, Lions. You know, our Lions are, could be a sneaky good team, and that's a division they're playing in that, to me, is is, is pretty wide open. Um, you know, the Vikings and the Lions will probably battle it out, but who knows about the Packers? You know, the Bears could take a step up, so it's a wide open division. So, I just think the Lions. You know, they had a good draft. They've got some good young talent. Dan Campbell has this team. You know, fired up as always, ready to go. They. They nearly came back and beat the Eagles last year. The Eagles had a big lead and then hung on late for a 38-35 win in the opener in Detroit. So, uh, you know, the Lions will be good. I think they'll be a factor in the NFC, but I think they're out of their depth in this one. I think that, you know, the Chiefs are going to be fired up. Super Bowl champs, I guess they're going to raise the banner and hand out the rings, whatever they're going to do. But, it's you know, it's going to be a pretty loud crowd, I think. You know, not having Chris Jones, if you're the Chiefs, their best defensive interior defensive player, maybe their best defensive player in general, uh, that that's going to hurt a little bit. But I think the Chiefs are just, you know, they're too deep at the positions. And like you said, they have the, the quarterback. They have uh, Travis Kelsey. I, I mean, uh, you know, the Lions are going to have some young players that are going to have to learn how to play in a very loud environment. You know, the draft picks, Jameer Gibbs, and the linebacker they drafted, uh, Campbell. From Iowa State, I think I'm not sure that's his name, but uh, they drafted a linebacker early uh, from I think Iowa State. But he, you know these guys are going to have to learn in a tough environment very quickly. I'm not sure they'll do it, and I think the Chiefs will find a way to win. A couple more games here before we have to wrap it up and put a bowl on it. Uh, we've got the Panthers. Speaking of Frank Reich, we got the Panthers and the Carolinas. My granddaughter's favorite team is the Panthers. Uh, so I'm going to root for the Panthers in this game, but they're on the road in Atlanta against the Falcons. Yeah, early division matchup. Uh, I'm excited to see Bryce Young, and I'm excited to see Desmond Ritter in Atlanta uh, and Bijan Robinson. You know, the Falcons pick first pick in the draft this year, the first round pick. I'm excited to see what they're able to do. I'm not sure Kyle Pitts is playing in this game. Their draft pick, the tight end from a couple of years ago. Um, but yeah, I think the Falcons have a shot to be pretty good. It's going to depend on the, on the, on the quarterback. And I think Carolina, if they can keep Bryce young upright, I think it's going to be fun to watch him play and develop. Um, so yeah, I think that's a, that's a pretty good game to, to kick off the season and, and it's a division game. So they're going to see each other twice and you always want to start one and oh in your own division. Uh, so that's, that'll be a fun game, a very underrated fun game, I think, because of the Bryce young Desmond Ritter. Uh, matchup, new coach, Frank Reich against Arthur Smith, who probably needs to have a winning season this year to keep his job. So that's going to be a fun one to see. You know, let's talk a little bit about the Buccaneers and the Vikings. You've got the Vikings in week two, I, I believe. You know, Justin Jefferson, and, and going back to fantasy, is probably one of the, the top fantasy picks. And I, I think, though, that the Minnesota Vikings as a team, we talked about this earlier on the show with Adam, 
are really going to be suffering this year and, and may even come in last place uh, in, in their prospective division. Even though Justin Jefferson's a pretty good uh, wide receiver stud, uh, the Minnesota Vikings have a lot of challenges this year, and so they, they start their season off against the, the uh, uh, against the Buccaneers. I'm sorry, and at home, that's you always know, say a home field advantage is an advantage, but you know again, no Tom Brady. So hey, we, you know let's uh, at least not yet. I mean, it might be Tom Brady signing this week. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, no, I don't think so. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on the outlook of the Vikings? Yeah. Baker Mayfield, I mean, he's going to start for Tampa. And, you know, I I think the Vikings will be pretty good. They won 13 games last year. Now, you know, a lot of them came down to the wire that they were able to persevere and win, and they're playing a tougher schedule. Of course, the Bucks aren't part of that tougher schedule. Um, I think the Vikings might win 10 games, maybe 11 games. I think they'll still be pretty good, to be honest. I think they have a pretty decent defense. Second year of their head coach, Kevin O'Connell. Uh, a lot of it's going to come down to Kirk Cousins and, you know, Justin Jefferson, of course, we know they lost Dalvin Cook, probably couldn't afford to pay him. They know they're going to have to, you know, back up the Brinks truck for Justin Jefferson here. And maybe a deal even gets done for Justin Jefferson this year. You're probably looking at, you know, five years, $150 million for him. You know, I think he'll break the $30 million a year threshold and a lot of money to pay a receiver. Uh, but, you know, he's the best in the league and him, Jamar Chase, two of the best young receivers in the league, I'd even put Devontae Smith in that category. But uh, they, they have some pieces. Now, the Bucks, I think, are going to stink. I'm not real sure. It depends on Mayfield. But they lost their top offensive lineman, Ryan Jensen, uh, is out for the year now for a second straight year. His career might be over, which is a shame, you know, uh, that, that could end this way. But, you know, they're, they're not – they don't have enough. I like a little bit of their defense. I like the linebacker uh, – Bush and I like Vita Vea, the defensive tackle. I just don't think there's enough there. And of course, the Eagles do play the Vikings four days after the opener. It's the Thursday night game, September 14th, and then 10 days off, and then they go to Tampa. So the, these are the next two Eagles opponents after New England, the Vikings and the Bucks. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how these teams open the season against each other. Brett Far, Brett Far, can you believe I just said that? Uh, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Uh, a lot of people are already saying that the AFC Championship is going to go through New York. It's going to be Kansas City and and the Jets. Jets going on to the to the Super Bowl and uh, you know still a lot of time to play. But uh, a lot of people are saying the Jets and the Seahawks will be in the 2024 Super Bowl. It's way too early to make that that prediction. But man, here we are. Yeah. Well. I don't know. If you can get good odds on that, you probably could. I'd take them, but I don't think that'll happen. Um, you know, I think it's 40 to one odds is what I saw. I would take the, it. Throw 10 by. I can't hurt to throw $10, $20 on it. What the heck? If it happens, you you know, you're going to make some nice money, but I, I don't think it'll happen. Um, I know that's the popular. That's all you hear. This It's been the summer of Aaron Rodgers, you know, with the hard knocks yeah. and you know, yep. listening to different, you know, channels on the radio. That's all they're talking about is Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and at least you didn't say Joe Namath, Tom, you know, uh, you, you, you didn't, you didn't go back that far. I did. I just want to kiss you. <laughs> got to be the most classic yeah. of all time. Joe Namath clips is, is that, yeah. you know, he's got that big Which old fur. I just want to kiss yeah. you. <laughs> Goodness. I know. Uh, crazy. Um, but yeah, uh, 
yeah, I, yeah. I think you know, look, the Jets will be better. Again, they play in a very tough division. I, have they done enough to, you know, be the top of that division? I still have some questions on their offensive line. Mackay Becton's in a in a key role, and you, know, you got to keep Rodgers upright. Thirty nine years old, he doesn't want to get hit too often, and he'll throw the ball away if no one's open, and he'll get mad about it and start complaining that they they got to block better up front. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm still. Not convinced they're the best team in the division. Um, they might not even be the second best team in the division. That's a tough division with the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets, and of course the Patriots. But uh, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll see about uh, who was the NFC team. Oh, the Seahawks. Yeah, they got some injuries in the secondary starting the season with Jamal Adams, their safety, and their rookie first-round pick Devin Witherspoon. I don't think they're playing in this game and. You know, we'll see if Geno Smith was the real deal. Certainly looked great last year. Got him into the playoffs, gave the 49ers a pretty good run in the first playoff game. Um, but, you know, they have to come back and prove it again and, and, you know, show that, you know, they were for real last year. I like their offensive line a little bit. They drafted the two tackles last year. This is their second year, uh, the offensive tackles. So you would think they might be better, but I don't know if they're – in the NFC, look, they could be a Super Bowl contender. Uh, you know, there's not many Super Bowl contenders in the NFC conference, but they, they could be one. Um, yeah, we'll see. They're going to play a harder schedule this year. So I don't know. I, I think, I don't know who wins that game. That'll be a fun game. Where's that game? Is that New York or Seattle? I guess, uh, you mean the Super Bowl? No, 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 no. The uh, Jets and Seahawks, the opener. I think that in Seattle and New York. Sure don't have, I, don't, I don't have it. Have it yeah. Well, here, here's yeah, my, I mean, here's my pick for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, what I was going to say is the Super Bowl is going to be the Colts and the Eagles. Jalen Hurts gets hurt. Anthony Richardson gets hurt. It's Marcus Mariota and Gardner Minshew, and Gardner Minshew gets a Super Bowl. How about that? <laughs> uh, well, that was that a reality. That would certainly be a great story. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a, I like, I like Gardner Minshew. Matthew's character, I you know, I enjoyed his uh, time here in Philadelphia, his two years. Um, you know, he, he he's a character. Uh, I always I always like rooting for guys like that. It'd be a great story, but you know, again, but, uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Don't think it's going to happen. I absolutely, uh, totally, one hundred percent agree with you. But what is going to happen <laughs> is week one is is right around the corner up here, and uh, we look forward to having you on uh, throughout the season. Where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Yeah, uh, at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z-E on Twitter. You can find me there, and I, I post everything uh, of interest that you want to see there. So, yeah, at Kratzy. Sounds good. We look forward to it, buddy. You have yourself a great week, and uh, go Colts, go Eagles. Fly Eagles. Fly. All right, thanks. Fly. <laughs> roll Colts, okay. roll. All right, thanks. There you go. See you, buddy. We'll see you. Ed Kratz, B-Rider from Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com, joins us to uh, break down week one in the NFL. Thank you, Adam Jividen. Already in San and Super Duper Cavs fan, official college football co-pilot, and all-around good egg. <laughs> and I wish we could have caught up with our racing guys today, but that wasn't able to happen. So, you know, hopefully uh, I didn't put you to sleep by uh, uh, running through some uh, racing talk, which in NASCAR is in Darlington. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. That's off to Jimmy Buffett, and uh, we, we, he passed away in his sleep peacefully with his music playing and his dogs and family by his side. Jimmy Buffett, Tom Marcos, El Presidente.
Follow us on the social media. Don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. I'm out of here, deuces. Watching the sun bake All of those tourists covered with oil Strumming my six-string On my front porch swing Smell those shrimp Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.